The new Kanye West documentary, Genius, showed us a side of Kanye that we've never seen before, and we selected a few scenes that can teach you a lot about being a creator. Consider this your spoiler alert. Big time spoiler. So how this film even came together was really fascinating to me. Two filmmakers, Cootie Simmons and Chike Oze. Oza. Are you saying that right? I hope so. Who knows? Cootie Simmons first filmed Kanye when he was running a public access TV show called Channel Zero, which covered hip hop in Chicago. And this is actually something that's in the first episode. They provide context to who Cootie is. This is Cootie right here. He shot all the footage. And I actually really resonated with this, the concept that he was covering the rise of hip hop from the inside. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of covering a community from the inside out is something that you and I have done basically our entire careers. We did it first in the lacrosse community. We were documenting lacrosse. And then now with the creator community, we're essentially documenting what's happening in the creator community from the inside. Yeah, and so he's filming out of a place of passion and then decides to sort of take a leap of faith, leave his career behind and just follow Kanye. And over the last 20 years, he's been filming him throughout his rise. And one of the first scenes I want to bring up is in the early stages, Kanye's producing and more specifically, he's producing for Jay-Z with the blueprint. And that album like changes his life, right? Like H to the Izzo is a song that we grew up with that Mm -hmm. everyone I think knows and that Kanye even cites changed his life. And there's a scene at a Rockefeller party where Kanye says, what's up to Jay-Z? And you kind of assume that they are really tight because of, you know, what, what they've been through and, and the projects that worked on together. But it's a, it's like Kanye's waiting to dap up Jay-Z and then he does it and it's really quick and then he moves on. And even his body language is kind of sheepish. Yeah, you can tell he's a little like kind of nervous and awkward to be there. He doesn't have the confidence that we know Kanye has, right? And that moment being captured is a really important lesson for creators. Some of the best stories are full of moments not shots. A shot is something, it's like B-roll. You can get it at any time. Mm-hmm. Whatever building Kanye was in, you could have filmed a shot yesterday, put effects on it, and made it look like it was during that time. Right. But you could never capture the first time that Kanye is at that party and he goes up and shakes Jay-Z's hand. It's right. priceless. And genius is all moments. There's all not moments. a single, in part one, there is not a single seated interview filmed in present day. Which is amazing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it's over an hour long. I think one of the most important lessons here is around access. We talked about how Cootie was covering hip hop from the inside out. And to me, that's an opportunity to build trust in the hip hop community. And when you have trust within a community, people allow you to film moments. They allow you to be in the room when you're being vulnerable. And that's what makes this doc so special. I think as a creator, when you're making something, making sure you leave the opportunity to have actual authentic moments unfold on camera is really important. Specifically, there's this one video that I was shooting in New York with Yes Theory, where we found this this kid who agreed to come up in a helicopter with us, and he was terrified of heights. And so as the helicopter is lifting up, I'm filming him sitting in front of him and watching this moment of him look out this helicopter with an open door and experience fear and then actually get over the fear. It's one of the most interesting shots that I've seen through a camera lens where you go, I can't believe I caught that. Yeah. I was, I was, I was filming it and being like, I can't believe this is unfolding on camera. And that's a characteristic of some of my favorite YouTube channels. Yeah. It's also why I love the doc seeing a young Kanye messing around with his retainer. Yeah. And leaving that stuff in, you know, and, and almost like focusing on it, these slow scenes where he's popping out his retainer 
that's where you get the human element. It humanizes this artist in a way that's so grounded. And I think it, for all creative projects, that's really important. Like the, the, to be able to relate because Kanye is this like sensation. This is a guy who says, I am a God. Yeah. And here we are watching him saying, I can't believe this is happening to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't believe I got a deal though. And we even sitting here right now, though, you know what I'm saying? And that we can relate to. Because we're so used to the Kanye that just says, I'm this, I'm that, I'm right. the greatest. But they actually captured these moments when he knew he wasn't fully there yet. He still had belief in himself, yeah. but he was self-aware. And those moments, those moments of access make the doc relatable. And when it's relatable and human, you have an emotional connection to the character. All right, let's cue up scene two. What you need to understand is when I do this album, it's going to be the realest shit you ever heard because... If I fucking brick, I can still eat. I can still make a way for my family. So when I go on and do my album, I'm gonna do it the way the way I fucking wanna do it. You know what I'm saying? When he said this, I wrote it down instantly. If I brick, I can still eat. That is such an important line for creators. Basically, what he's talking about is that he was a producer. So, you know, he was still creating tracks and selling his tracks to other artists and being cut in on those tracks. And he was known in the hip hop community as a really good producer. So while he's producing those tracks, he's keeping some of the, the, the really good ones for himself and actually rapping over them because what he wants is to become an MC. But what's interesting is that he's doing that while he has the financial, you know, foundation of being a producer. So what he's saying is if this completely misses, I'm still good. And that is so important as a creator. The financial base gives you the opportunity to create freely mm -hmm. and exactly how you want to make it. He, he, what he was trying to do with that first album was very different. It wasn't similar to everything else that was taking place in hip hop. He was being more vulnerable. His lyrics weren't full of bravado and about all the cars that he had and the chains that he was wearing. He was talking about real issues, about personal issues. Mm -hmm and the sound of it was different. And he could stick to his guns because he knew that if he failed, he still had a financial base to lean back on. Yeah, when you're, when you're not creating scared, like when you're not fearful of where your next check is coming from, you're able to operate in a way that doesn't conform to what's commercial in that moment. I feel like I can't sell to you that I'm finna come up and take your life. Like I'm not gonna rap to you like, go, oh, I'm gonna take your life because I think that's what's hot or what's industry ready. Now, I, I don't give a fuck about the industry, man. He's actually sounding completely different because he's not trying to fit into that mold and saying, I gotta do this so I can get a check. We fell victim to that for yeah. sure because we put too much pressure on this YouTube channel having to make money. Yes. Of course we were doing other jobs to make money, but we put a lot of pressure on this to be the thing. Mm -hmm. So we were looking at what else was happening and going, okay, if it's working for that person, I think we could do that too. Let's yeah. do it. But Very it, quickly, we got into a space where we said we have to monetize these videos. So we have to look at what other people are doing to monetize and do that too. And that is, you're not creating freely. You're creating scared at that moment. We couldn't evolve. I think that pushed us back two to three years. Absolutely. This is a long road to find your voice, to make it work, to get comfortable doing it, to build the confidence. So giving yourself the financial backing. So it's maybe you have to work another job and then create on the side, right? Or create at night. And the reason you're doing that is because it requires years and years of repetition to get yourself to a point where you actually can be the artist or the creator that you want to be. I still feel like we have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. 
But like recognizing that as a creator or any sort of entrepreneur or artist is really important that how can you put yourself in a situation where you could spend 10 years finding your voice? Here's another scene that goes along with this that we really liked. So you play tracks out of Michael Jordan, shoots free throws. Anybody that does something that much and that long and is that good, it's gotta pay off. Reps as a creative, arguably one of the most important things. So similar to shooting free throws or, or doing anything that requires repetition. Perfect analogy. Yeah. I thought from his mom. The more and more we record this show, the more we get better at recording the show. The more interviews we do, we get better at listening and being present in our interviews. Right like, now in this instance, we are filming multiple episodes a week that don't come out right. because we need reps. We need mm -hmm. to understand what it's like to be here more often. We said in one of our past videos that only 5% yeah. of our week is us actually filming and doing yeah. the job. Mm -hmm. And we need to up that. We need to have more experience. Okay, now one of my favorite scenes from part one where Kanye shows up unannounced to Def Jam Records to play his music for them. That woman's face is incredible. This whole scene struck me so hard. I got chills during this scene. I mean, Kanye walks into this room right now and raps at us. It would be strange, also, but we'd be like, oh my yeah. gosh, that woman is just like, what is happening to me? What is this guy doing? Yeah. And she even works at Rockefeller Records, but she's just like, I don't have the time for you. I don't even know I'm supposed to react to you, right? No one is giving him the time of day. It reminds me so much of uploading YouTube videos at, at an early stage where you're uploading to no one. You're literally <laughs> creating your work for deaf ears, right? And, and, and blind eyes where you're just like, someone please watch this. And you're shouting into a shoebox. <laughs> yeah, and, and Kanye's standing there being like, this is my work. It's amazing. Like, you gotta hear it. You gotta hear it. And- and it's an amazing song. That is an amazing song that he's rapping. But the lesson here is radical belief. You have to have that as an artist and a creative. Doesn't mean you have to have radical belief in what you are making in this moment is your best work or yeah. that it's life-changing, but radical belief that you will figure it out, mm -hmm. that, that there's something special about what you're doing yeah. and that you're willing to work hard enough to figure it out. And you absolutely have to have that. And a lot of people call it narcissism. Even while me doing this documentary right now, it's, it's a little narcissistic or whatever, it's a little bit, no, fuck it. But one thing I do think is interesting is to create music that's listened to by the masses, you actually have to be really empathetic towards what the audience wants to hear. Like, what do people want to hear? So I don't think it's as much narcissism as it is confidence. I think that's actually knowing that you are in your head, the artist that, that you think you are. Also, if you're trying to do something that no one's ever done before, you're going to have a long period of time where no one believes you can do that thing because it hasn't necessarily been done before. So you better have more confidence in your ability than anyone else. There's a great quote. When we first started in business, like I had this up on, on the wall. It was from Muhammad Ali. It said, I am the greatest. I said it before I knew I was. That is so important. I think actually this belief that you are great. And we had this early on. And I, again, this, it sounds funny to even say it. It sounds so narcissistic yeah. to say it, but you and I, when we were uploading and it was, it had no traction, we both felt like something was wrong. We both believed that we were supposed to make it. But you have to say it because self-esteem is a fragile thing. Mm -hmm. And when you're creating, you're being very vulnerable. Yeah. So you have to protect yourself and you have to instill the belief that it's going to work because you're trying to fend off yeah. people not watching, people not believing. It's, it's truly one of the most important parts of the process and it can definitely be perceived as narcissism. The artist's journey or the creator's journey 
The beginning of it is you making and no one watching or no one listening. That is part of the journey. Isn't it somewhat cringeworthy when you see a creator who's maybe trying to be a lifestyle creator and there's no one watching and they say, hey guys. Yeah. And you're like, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? to? There's no one watching. There's no one watching. Yeah. But they have to believe that they're actually going you, to make it. You have yeah. to fight through that. It's so crazy. If that's what you really want. Yeah. So as a creator, having radical belief in what you're doing and, and make sure it's authentic. If it's not authentic, if you're faking it, if you're like, I, I believe in myself, but you don't really, like you actually have to believe what you're doing has value. And if you actually believe that, you can push through all of that, all of that negativity, all the rejection, all the zero viewership, you can push through it, but you actually have to believe what you're making. You gotta believe one day I'll pass the NHL in subscribers. One day. I believe that. I believe it too. I actually believe that. Those Maybe guys got today. They, they got nothing tomorrow. on us. But if you guys subscribe, you can help us pass the NHL. But they're on thin ice. They're about to slip. Ooh, thin ice. I like that. All right. So close to the end of the episode, this happens. Kanye. Got some big news for Shy. You want to talk? You want to know that I'm the newest member of the Rockefeller team. So Kanye gets signed to Rockefeller Records and Jay-Z on stage in front of his crowd announces Kanye as the latest artist. And that is massive social proof. Yeah, collaboration and co-sign is huge for any creative business. You have to have that trust. And one of the best ways to gain that trust is through collaborations Mm -hmm. and co-signs. And that's been the same way for us. I mean, from the beginning of our channel, whether it was Jack Coyne being in our videos or eventually the Yes Theory guys and then leading up to our interview with Mr. Beast. I mean, those incremental steps Mm -hmm. and co-signs were huge in us now being able to book the guests that we can book. I mean, I would say that this moment with Kanye and Jay-Z is, is for me, it reminded me of our experience with, with Jimmy and, and with Mr. Beast. Like the fact that we have an interview with Jimmy on our channel, that's two hours that he gave us that access, right? That he gave us those moments that he gave us. That gives us the social proof in our, in, in our industry that we're legit, that we're a real place, right? To, mm-hmm. to get information about this, that creators do trust us. Um, we and- did the same thing in lacrosse. starting with high school teams in Mm -hmm. Southern California and then community college teams and then college teams and then professionals and step-by-step building trust to eventually be able to work with anyone in the industry. I do think the social proof is really important from, you know, the outside looking in, but as an artist, like from the inside, we also had a lot of steps that were just behind closed doors collaborating with other creators and we see in the doc, you know, Kanye with Most Deft, Kanye with Talib Kweli. There's a moment with Scarface that's really impactful mm-hmm. where Scarface kind of validates Kanye. And it's behind closed doors. No one's seen it. And nothing ends up happening. But he validates him. He's like, this is good. And that means everything that to means Kanye. That means everything. We spent family business for face. That nigga said incredible. And, and for me, the early days of us, you know, behind closed doors editing with Yes Theory, that for me, there was moments of building confidence, of learning, of, of having creative community attached mm-hmm. to it, where you actually are able to find yourself. And that's really important. Those moments are really important. Like this thought that artists exist in a vacuum by themselves, that they're isolated, that they're coming up with their own identity just by themselves is just not, in my opinion, something that's accurate. It's happening in this world of collaboration. It's happening through people giving you that sense of community and validation to help you get to that point. And then that earns the trust over time where you get to work on bigger projects and then you do get that social proof over time. Okay, I've got one more scene that I did not tell you about. Whoa. 
this is when he is talking to Q, who's a host on MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's asking him to put him on MTV's series, uh, You good. Heard It First. Yeah, that's good. So You Heard It First is a series that would break new artists on MTV. And MTV back then was maybe what like TikTok is today. Oh yeah, I watched MTV every day. MTV broke new artists. Yes. And Kanye just straight up asks, mm -hmm. what do I need to do? Can you put me on You mm -hmm. Heard It First? And I think as an artist, that's another part of it, right? Yeah. Ask for what you want. Yes. Because there will be people that want to help you. Yeah, that's good. I, I like that a lot. There's something that my brother used to say to me, which was make your own press. And it's like, as a creator today, there's not, you're just not surrounded by like a team who's going to just put you on and all, all these yeah. different places. Like you have to make your own press. You have to ask for it. Mm -hmm. And I think as creators and artists and entrepreneurs, we're like uncomfortable doing that saying like, Hey, can you help me out? Can you put me on this? Can you, can I be on this? But like, you have to put yourself in a position where you're comfortable asking because you actually have to ask like a hundred times to get one. Yes. Right. Yeah. Make your own press, make your own yeah. luck. I love that. Make your own luck. That's Rob Dyrdek, right? That's good. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let us know if you guys have seen episode one of genius and what your thoughts are. And if there's some scenes that we missed also this outro that I'm doing right now is courtesy of one of our fans, Seabay, who emailed us and asked us if we would do an outro. So this one's for you. Here's your outro.